Bienvenidos a la Chicana Mother Work Podcast. This is Cecilia, Christine, Judy, Yvette, Michelle from the Chicana Mother Work Collective. We are a collective of Chicana, PhD, mother scholars, artists, and activists. The Chicana Mother Work Podcast aims to create a communal space for dialogue that sheds light on how the labor of mothering can be a transformative act within academia and beyond. Porque sin madres no hay revolución. Chicana Mother Work is intergenerational. Chicana Mother Work means carving space. Chicana Mother Work means healing ourselves. Chicana Mother Work is an imaginary. Chicana Mother Work makes our labor visible. Our labor is our prayer. Our mothering is our offering. Welcome to the Chicana Mother Work podcast. Um, this is Yvette here, along with some other mujeres from Chicana Mother Work. If y'all like, would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, it's Michelle. Hi, it's Ceci. Hi, it's Christine. And um, the four of us are here to check in with each other and chat a little bit more about how we're managing um, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic and hopefully um, provide some some insight to everybody on like how we're making it work or maybe not and what we can all do to support each other yeah that's great well i mean just seeing your faces because we're on zoom as we're recording this is really healing um because luckily we've started the structure of zooming you know like three years ago i don't know how long we i know we've been together for five but just in terms of like the regular check-ins um and so it feels like I'm a little bit ahead of the game with everybody else. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll start the link. I got this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but really just, you know, to feel this is the way that we've maintained our connection all these years and being in different cities. And so it's um, now something that we're all utilizing to maintain our connection. Like last night, I did a connection with or a check-in with my Comadre Nation. We call ourselves the Comadre Nation, you know. Um, and you know, we were on the phone for, I mean, we were on zoom for two hours. Like I couldn't wow. even believe two hours went by. Right. Cause we were just like, all oh, talking about how we were feeling, what we wanted to do. Maybe next time do like a writing workshop together, just writing, you know, um, checking in about our families and yeah, this is a really important resource. And of course, then there's critiques around it. Like all the ways in which our privacy is being, you know, mined within these apps and I don't know, it's complicated, right? It's like, how do we have like a, a both a critical mind and an and a open one to maintain our connection? Yeah, that's so true. I think it was just, because I think since it's like every day, like every 24 hours, it's like shit goes down or even, you know, every hour all just being inundated with all of these uh, news articles and, you know, reports coming from, Italy and Europe and it's just that sense of dread and then yesterday so I know uh, me and Yvette are in California so we have the mandatory shelter in place that they announced just yesterday um, for the whole state of California so it's just so good to see everyone on this call to see all your faces and uh, I think Yvette mentioned just before we started recording that we were supposed to have a presentation next week and it's not often that we're all in different places for the Chicana Mother Collective to meet in person. So it's just, I feel like I'm still in a state of shock and I feel like I still, there, there's like so much loss um, that for myself and 
for my son too, um, that I, it, I just haven't had a chance to really sit with that. I mean, yeah, so that's kind of where I am <laughs> still just kind of like, what the hell is happening? What's going on? And yeah, feeling like we don't have power over these, um, choices that the government is, um, imposing without, um, putting uh, holds or freezes on our rent and or mortgage or uh, our utilities. So I know for California and um, New York, that's probably the main concern for a lot of people right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, it takes a while for me to move beyond the shock and the, um, the numbing. Um, and I think about like, that's been my, kind of like process in terms of really heavy things happen it doesn't often impact me right away it just it kind of starts to gradually like impact me so like now I'm feeling really sad right like everything that's happening um, I also feel a different sense of exhaustion because you know we have Hanitia home who like requires a lot of movement a lot of attention um, so it's just coming to terms uh, with this really intense shift that I think we've been praying for for a very long time. And so I also acknowledge that um, the first thing that came to mind when this, this whole thing was happening is that, wow, like Mother Earth is really needing a break right now. Like she's done. And so I, I kind of related to how we're feeling this over a sense of overwhelm um, at home and exhaustion and, like that's how she feels <laughs> so like the break she's getting right and so it breaks my heart that there's a lot of loss like globally um but it also breaks my heart that a lot of the science you know foundations and and investigations were halted and were like they lost money because they didn't believe how important science is right and so it makes me really frustrated, right? Ahora sí, ahora sí le quieren hacer caso, right? Like, it makes me so upset. Like, this is why science and research is so critical. Um, and so, you know, I have all these feelings um, about it, and I am feeling a sense of mourning and loss as well. Um, but here in Denver, like, I don't have a lot of friends and family. Like, we've been socially distanced for, a lot, for almost two years. And it reminds me of that sense of loss when we first moved here. But now I can't go to the ice cream shop to mourn. <laughs> like now I'm like, yeah, I have to stay home, right? Like, um, so there's a different way of processing this loss, um, amongst other things, right? It really puts things into perspective. Uh, but also, I really appreciate this new way of learning to slow down um, that I think all of us really needed to be reminded and it sucks how it's happened <laughs> like it's really sucks how how this is how this is the process that we're all going through together um, and I think the last thing I'm going to mention we'll talk more about other things is I really appreciate the different collectives community organizations or like new um, uh, folks coming together to offer different services for those who don't have access to resources for free from taking folks food to offering free kinds of uh, movement options on Instagram, like from following I'm coaching, I'm underscore coaching. 
she's her she, i think she was running with training with my running mommies um ceci but that's how i found her and every other day she's offering free workout boot camps online i appreciate her for doing that for free um plus other things right so i really i want to just shout out those folks who are doing the most to provide and share their skills um, and resources for free. Like, I appreciate that so much. I'll stop there. So I guess I'll, I'll do a quick check-in as well. Um, today is a better day for me, but I'm not going to lie. It has, been, it has been really hard for me. Um, I think already, so, I mean, because of my chronic health conditions, I, I struggle in the mornings. And lately I've been dealing with morning sickness and I've been home for a week. Um, I do acknowledge that I'm in the privileged position where I can work remote. And so I started working remote um, what, since last Friday. So it's been, it's been exactly a week. And I've just been struggling to get up, struggling to get ready, to get to a routine. We also, you know, our kids are out of school. So there's this expectation of homeschooling and I've been seeing all of these awesome schedules that as a type A Virgo, I appreciate, but then also as a perfectionist, it like makes me feel guilty and ashamed because I've been just letting my son just have, do whatever he wants. So he's drawing, he's watching, he's building Legos He's eating a bunch of snacks, drinking lots of his favorite chocolate protein shakes. And basically he's on his own while I'm trying to get my work done, while I'm having my Zoom meetings or while I'm like in bed resting or in the bathroom sick. Um, and I feel really bad about that because we have yet to find a routine that really works for us. And so um, I decided to take some time next week. I'm going to take um, a few days off from work to focus on figuring out what our new routine is because it's mostly him and I we've been home my um, my husband my partner has been working and right now we don't know if he's going to be able to work um, so we're trying to figure out a budget in case he won't be able to work um, since we're sheltering in place right now so it's just uh, a lot of things are changing and every day is changing more and more I mean just yesterday like Ceci said we got the call for sheltering in place by Governor uh, Newsom, and and so it's just very weird to have you know my family members who all rely on like hourly wage jobs to have to all of a sudden go home. They don't know where their next paycheck is going to come. So all of this has just been really hard, like hard, hard for me, like my mental and my physical health. Because when I'm down, it actually affects me physically too. And so I'm just trying to figure it all out and figure it all out, like alongside the company of other folks who I have been thankfully able to check in with over Zoom. So I guess that's, that's where I'm at. It's like every day is different. It's a big roller coaster some days. I'm breaking down and crying because I'm overwhelmed and don't know what to do. And other days I'm feeling like I'm the one uplifting others. And I'm in a better mood and I'm checking in on friends and family. So just taking it one day at a time and really grateful to be here in community with with Ceci and Michelle and Christine right now and Judy in spirit because she's got three kids and she's online teaching and that's why she's not here and huge shout out to Judy because if I'm complaining I'm like that mujer has three kids that she has to homeschool so um, I'm thinking of you Judy. Yeah that's what um, when I saw that schedule that was going around I was like oh I'm, I'm sure a Virgo parent made this. 
I actually really like that schedule. I was like, if I was a stay-at-home mom, I'd love this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you call a work-from-home mom now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. But moms who are stay-at-home moms are work-from-home moms. So what do we call ourselves? <laughs> Uh, well you know and it's crazy like that the milagro was supposed to be my daughter she's just turned 14 um so like i have a different age group right she's not little um but like how do i make sure she's engaged and that she's at the stage where she's like i'm like i'm not cool um the things that i want to do you know you're, you're so very very not cool I'm very not cool. I mean, you're the coolest mom. <laughs> Every time I yeah. see you, I'm Milagro. I'm like, dang, I wish I was like that. No, no, talk to me, Milagro. Uh, she has actually like this like arsenal of videos of me catching me doing like ridiculous oh, oh things, and I'm sure one day she's gonna like start a YouTube channel. I'm not even like, oh my but, god. But she's like, you know, I mean, she could just like literally be in her room like all day, you know, if she could get a refrigerator and like a little like hot tray, I don't even think she <laughs> So it's like I'm facing this other thing where like I can get totally caught up in my things and then we're not engaging as much, you know. Um, anyway, so, but I also am trying to like recognize that she's going through her own morning, you know, like she was supposed to go on this big eighth grade field trip. You know, she was getting ready. We had just registered her for high school next year. Um, eighth grade promotion was coming up. And her outlet, which is dance, she can't go to dance classes right now, you know? And so, like, how um, how do I, you know, help her understand that, like, she needs to still have some movement, you know? Um, but it's it's not easy because I also have to recognize that she's, like grieving inside. I mean, like the world has got to be super scary for her, you know? And what I've been trying to tell her is that like over the course of human history, we, this is not new. It's new in, in some ways because of the ways in which disaster capitalism has functioned in our lives and, you know, has ravaged the earth in so many ways, but also, you know, there've been many things that we've survived. I was telling her how when I was at UCLA, we had the LA uprising and then we had the Northridge earthquake and so campus closed down I remember the National Guards coming in and it was terrifying you know different nonetheless the uncertainty was real you know um and so to hopefully help her like see that there is a, a future that we can forge you know in in this but it's hard yeah I think um yeah, that sense of loss for our kids. And I know that um, it's only in here in California, it's been about a, a, almost a week that even though the orders for shelter in place were mandated yesterday um, officially, but I've already been doing that for a week. And yeah, that sense of loss, like I know Aloncito was doing an acting, similar to Milagro, um, Aloncito was doing an acting class at Casa 0101 here in Boyle Heights. And they were going to have their performance at the end of the month. And this is the third time he's done the class. So it's like we've made a community with the other parents there, with the kids there. They had a whole dance and song routine, like routines that they were learning. And we were supposed to go tomorrow, but we can't. <laughs> and it is, you know, and to not have that um, kind of support, that's what does worry me. Um, I'm like, okay, well, you know, how long is this exactly going to last, you know? And if you look at the news, it's just like, oh, a couple of weeks, months, a year, 18 months. So, yeah. No, yeah. 
it and it seems like no end i mean it's unknown but the thing that um has helped at least in this especially this past week has just been um trying to remind myself and Alancito that this is temporary like similar to what you're saying Michelle like there have been many other moments in history that are similar similar like this but maybe we just haven't had something to this scale so far in our lifetime yet but our ancestors survived so much we have our healing practices so it's just I'm really trying to stay grounded in that so for me that's my journaling when I can because sometimes I'm just so distracted but journaling when I can um I switched over to teletherapy for myself and my son and um I'm also doing um I have been doing my 12-step group meetings and actually that is so comforting (laughs) right now and I'm glad that I've already like started that before this happened and I was already doing like phone meetings but now everything is just phone and online and it's just um I've been doing, um, you know, yoga classes online, so I'm trying to keep some kind of schedule, but also not, um, try not to judge or shame myself, like Yvette was talking about, of like, oh, well, you know, I haven't really done much of the homework packet with Alancito that he got from school, but I don't think those packets are really effective anyway, but how are other ways that we can um, de-school, the de-schooling and unschooling that people of color have also already been doing? So I do want to learn more about that, but right now I'm just still trying to get through the shock of what we're dealing with for, you know, who knows how long. Yeah, that's real. I found that I'm cooking more. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, and, and, uh, and so in that process of like cooking more, I'm trying to think why, like, why don't I make homemade salsa more often? you know? And then like the other day I made this dish called bistec ranchero that my mom used to make all the time and never have I ever made it for Milagro. And I just made it and my house felt like my mom, you know? And, and so it's like little things like that, that I'm trying to like hold on to, like to ground us, you know? Um, and also to hopefully remember, you know, a year from now, like how, how in that like fast paced world that we live in, can we remember some of these lessons if we're all healthy too, like, which is also the other terrifying part, right? I mean, that's the part that makes me nervous because here we uh, haven't had access to the same produce that we've had before. And so we've been having to be creative about how to basically make our meals um, out of canned food, out of dry food, out of just whatever we have available. And I, I think the stress plus not eating great, because um, before this, I was mostly like high raw, lots of smoothies. And now I was like, I can't find greens. Um, it has been making me feel a little bit sick. And so it's just like figuring out, okay, what's my new routine? What can I still, what can I do with what I have? So I think it does, it's forcing me and forcing us to be a little more creative about how to take care of ourselves because we can't rely on the same comforts that we had before. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I can say right now. How about you, Christine? Um, I don't know. I think it's uh, part of, part of our processing also includes like the checking in with our elders, my mom, Alfredo's mom, um, making sure that they're safe and that they're indoors. My mom really doesn't go out as much. Um, 
and she has, you know, um, a weaker immune system. Um, although she's been doing so much after her breast cancer um, to maintain like a better lifestyle. So she's the one that, you know, I kind of worry about the most. And then my sister, who's um, more likely to get bronchitis she gets bronchitis like at least once a year and so like i worry about her so i'm like you ask me to stay inside and like her gym she works at a gym um they didn't shut down when they were supposed to and i was really pissed off to hear this yesterday and so like finally like one of the local like council members was like what happened why are y'all still open so like she had to check them so finally they closed down the gym i was like thank goodness because yeah some folks are just not taking it serious. That's what I, I was going to say. That's what's scary is the fact that so many people aren't taking it seriously. And yeah. especially some folks that I know who have parents who are boomers who are like, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to keep doing my routine, including my own boss. She's still to this day going to campus and working on campus. And I keep telling her, I was like, you're making me so anxious, so nervous for you. You are over 70. You need to stay home, but no me hace caso. So I'm like, I'm just, it's scary. Yeah, it's, it just makes me upset. But I think um, at the end of the day, like, that's kind of out of our control, right? Like, the way they're gonna, like, what what are we gonna do, right? Like, the way they learn, right? So like, I had to put pressure on my stepdad to be like, your ass when you, because he takes care of an elderly man. I'm like, when you come home, you better take a shower. You leave your shit outside. Like, I want to make sure my mom is fine. You know, like, that's what I care for the most. And so there's that kind of, like, you know, um, extra layer of worry. But it took, I think my mom, she has, she has it down. Like, she's super duper clean. So I'm not worried about her. It's more I worry about him who's going outside and has to come back inside. Um, and it's also, like, I think what worries me is, like, the next academic year, right? Like, we're as postdocs we're already like in limbo and so we don't know what's going to happen next year at least i hope that my postdoc position and those other eight postdocs at csu still have their position next year which i hope that's the case right Um, my university has been doing everything to make sure that people are safe i think colorado um the state of colorado and then also the city of denver has been really active in following following very similar rules to California and New York. Like as soon as like something happened in LA, they're like, all right, we're moving on it. Like Colorado or here in Denver was one of the first places that they did a drive-through um, coronavirus like um, screening. Like they, they were one of the first ones. And so as they're thinking about pods, like statewide, I mean, sorry, nationwide, they think they're looking at Denver. So they're looking at how they've implemented that. So we have more cases, but we've done more screenings also. Um, and so that's really promising in that way. But as, as soon as LA started shutting down, like we've been following their protocols here, which gives me a sense of peace. So like the gyms were closed like last week. I think just yesterday they closed all barbershops, salons, like non-essential locations. So at least that's like, all right, we're moving quicker. And it's compared to like, unfortunately, right? It's frustrating, unfortunately, compared to other states, right? So yeah, it's crazy. Like it's it's a lot. And I I appreciate that I live in a little community that's really like solitary. Like there isn't a lot of people. 
but I think more uh, the last few days we go for a walk every day every single day the whole family it's even today today it's like 20 something degrees outside it snowed yesterday we had like a we had like a gentle snowfall but we had like at least four or five inches of snow I was like we're going for a walk because I'm gonna lose it <laughs> like we need to move um and so that was helpful you see more people walking you see more people moving around walking they have a lot of dogs over here they see people walking their dogs we're trying to cope you know trying to figure it out um and it's like a different layer of getting to know each other (laughs) one thing you mentioned though is like you don't know what's going to happen with your postdoc um and i think that there's so many changes that are happening at the university level for those of us that are still kind of affiliated with the university like for us um, at UCSB, all research has essentially been shut down. You can only do remote work. All labs are closed uh, for the time being. And so that's a bunch of uh, McNair directors. We're all like messaging each other on like email threads. It's like, what's your program going to do? What's your program going to do? Because um, we don't know how we're going to move forward with our students in the spring. How are they supposed to do their research in the summer? Are the professors going to be available? Are they going to be go MIA with everybody doing work remote? And so it's a lot of like putting our heads together and trying to figure out a plan that's not going to be ideal, but it's going to like keep us afloat and keep our students afloat because we also don't want to leave them hanging and be like, go home and do nothing this summer and we're not going to pay you a stipend because some of these students are relying on that. And so it's just like I'm like having to figure out a plan for like how can we figure things out so that we can continue to advocate for students to continue to like make things work for them. Like I don't want to force them to come back in the summer if they're home. So um, it's completely rethinking how we've done anything before. Um, So I think that's like, it's hard, but it's an interesting challenge. And I think it's a productive challenge because from here on out, like we're going to have better kind of systems in place. And there's been this whole conversation I've seen like on, on, um, Instagram and Facebook of like a lot of us have wanted, you know, who have chronic illnesses or disabilities have wanted accommodations, have wanted to be able to work remote. I know even my colleague and I, both of us, you know, for a while had been fantasizing about wouldn't it be so nice if we could have one remote work a week? It would make our life so much better. And now that we're working remote full time, it's like, oh wow, this is not how we imagined that that would happen but also it shows you that so many companies and universities are not willing to provide that accommodation when it's actually possible um it's not ideal but it's possible so it's just it's a learning lesson for me i think that a lot of us are learning a lot yeah fuerzas fuerzas you gotta do it and and um hopefully it'll mean like long-term improvements hopefully it'll mean Hey, y'all weren't, weren't into socialism, but all of a sudden it sounds really nice, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I appreciate what Michelle said. And I think this is, this is something that I, like Michelle said, like, you know, we need that structure, like teaching. I honestly, you know, compared to last semester, I love teaching this group of students. Like I'm, I'm, I'm teaching online with my comadre Carmen, who at some point we'll have on the podcast. Now that she has more time and she's working remotely, maybe we'll get her on the next few weeks. I love her so much. Um, and I love, I love teaching. Like I'm actually looking forward to the next class session and our spring break was extended. So this is our, our spring break and it's extended for another week. 
So I'm actually looking forward to see to checking in with them next in two weeks to see how they're doing. Um, but I love it, and I love, and I didn't know how much I was gonna love teaching research methods or the analysis. And I've always liked it, but I'm not like the best. I wasn't the best student per se, but I think as I'm learning a lot to like, it's teaching me a lot as an educator and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate them and their patience. And it's so different than when you're teaching and working with undergrads compared to like PhD students who like literally are like my colleagues, like we're around the same age or some of them are a little older and they're nationwide. So I, that's kind of like the, it reaffirms how I, how much I love being an educator. So like, I don't want that be, to be taken away, to be quite honest, you know? Um, however, if I was teaching like the five classes, like at the institution down the street, I don't know how that would be for me, right? Because I think I'd have a harder time balancing off like this really big change um, that we're going through. But I just wanted to, to say that like, I completely echo underline, highlight what Michelle was saying about like the structure of teaching. Yeah, it's a hard call, right? Like it's not, because, you know, when we think about it, like the institutions are one thing, um, but then it's like the relationships that we have with our students and the work that we're committed to doesn't go away, you know? And I think, you know, when I, I've, you know, my first class online with my grad students, we didn't even like really talk about our work, like the class per se, we talked like, how are we doing, you know? And so to, to make sure that we're humanizing this experience, but also every single one of them was like, I am so glad we're still in school because this helps me like be able to imagine you know my own future um and to just give me some sort of semblance of um normalcy you know um in a very abnormal time right and so uh so yeah that but you know so it's like balancing that like desire to like be with and for our students but to you know not give into this idea that everything proceeds as normal and like we're holding our students to unrealistic expectations you know yeah i wish there was more flexibility at usc because we just keep getting emails that the administration expects everything to to students to make timely progress um and the professor mta for also just didn't change or amend the syllabus at all and it's still expecting to you know proceed as if a national emergency is not happening and um and that i mean i think you know i hope that other institutions or maybe individual professors or departments or chairs can have more um um if they're able to maybe have kind of more flexibility but at least for what i see at usc so far that's not the case um so this week is spring break and then next week so it was a week and then next week it's just everyone is expected to move online even though the students at usc they got emails that they're not even allowed to go back to their dorms to get the rest of their belongings until some indeterminate period so it's just like well they might not even have their books all of their books if they left or um so i think in that case that seems unreasonable to me at least from usc um and I wish there was more, even like what you're doing, Michelle, because that's not the case of uh, of what's happening, at least at my campus. Um, yeah. No, I mean, and I, I do feel like we've had, you know, we've kind of had a, 
a good response from the administration in the sense that um, they've allowed students to gradually figure out, like, they're not just kicking them all out of the dorms, because sometimes that's their only home, you know, and um, allowing for, you know, different ways, like, I don't know, for things to, like, happen in stages, you know? They just announced today that there's not going to be graduation. Wow. Yeah, which, of course, is really sad. Um, and then, uh, but there also is a petition going around, you know, by U of A students. Well, I don't even know how, I know that it was started by U of A students. I don't know who's signing it, um, but that they want everything to be canceled, you know? Um, but I know from, like, the sample of my class, I have about 100 students none of them want the classes to be canceled. So it's like everybody has different needs during this time. And so how do we, you know, how do we respond to all of those needs? It's, it's really difficult. I mean, since a lot of, a lot of the policies aren't centralized, you know, every university is kind of responding in their own way. And even every, basically every professor is responding in their own way. I do think it's up to us as instructors or as professors to make that call and like at least for me i'm trying to do it on a case-by-case -case basis like basically being as flexible as possible um you know and when student and i do this anyway like during the academic year if someone needs an extension and they talk to me i i mean i i don't say no why would i um and if they need an accommodation i don't say no even if they don't have paperwork because I trust and believe my students. And so, I mean, one thing I am gonna do is everybody's gonna be meeting with me in the spring, during the first few weeks of the spring quarter, just so that I can check in and see how they're doing because some folks, and I sent an accessibility survey too because we're switching to online instruction, we have to, um, just to see like, do you have access to a computer or a tablet? Do you have, you know, do you have um, a mic? Do you have a camera? Are you gonna be uh, on campus, near campus, at home? Um, do you have a quiet place to study? Like all these things that, how can I best support you? Do you prefer, you know, in-person? I'm not in-person. Do you prefer um, group check-ins or personal individual check-ins? Just so that I can get a sense of like where everyone's at and how to best support them. It, it does mean kind of more labor on my end of like, okay, this folk prefers personal check-ins. Let me reach out a little bit more. Um, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I know I don't, I only serve like about 40 students. So it's a tiny, tiny fraction of our population on campus. But I'm like, if I can do something, hopefully see, be an example, then hopefully other people will follow along. Yeah, no, that's all really good. I mean, it's hard to, to know, you know, we don't have like a best practices. Like we're all figuring it out on the fly. So I think most importantly is to have compassion for one another, to recognize, to recognize our humanness in all of this, um, and then to listen deeply, you know. And it's hard because there are people, you know, that are sort of dest destructive in the in their in their ways that they communicate, right? And so um and, and and their actions you know like this whole like toilet paper and paper towel and hand sanitizer and then to start seeing those studies i mean the articles come out about the people who who really i was thinking like oh they just ran out but no there's actually people out there that are trying to profit out of off of people's needs i mean just everyday people we already know the institutions and the corporations do this and then and then to think about like you know your fellow you know community members to to try to profit off of you is is really hard disheartening you know and so it's like how do we how do we make sense of that um 
but you know, I think to always focus on like the good, I think somebody just posted this. I don't know who posted this. I don't know if it was you, Christine, or another friend that um, Mr. Rogers always said like in a time of panic, was it you, Christine? That there's, um, there's always people helping. And that's also, you know, like what I choose to focus on, right? Like here in Tucson, you know, they started a mutual aid document to help support people in the community. And there's also real, like real precautions that we have to take in terms of doing that work. But like, it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all of the negative and the aggressive behaviors, but then like, okay, let me focus on the people who are helping. Let me focus on what I can do and what I can commit to. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Um, that reminds me, I, I was on one of my 12 step calls the other day and several people mentioned like something similar to um, that must, yeah, the Mr. Rogers quote of always look for the helpers. And then it reminds me of what people were saying on this call of um, that there's always good that comes out of a crisis. Mm. So um, that's been really, um, it's something to kind of hold on to and to have hope. And I think, um, so the things like the mutual aid, because, you know, the government is just, obviously is not invested in, <laughs> they're invested in corporations over people. And I mean, it always has been that way. And um, so these mutual aid, um, uh, you know, campaigns going around, is just, it's so amazing to see or people really now even more so reaching out to you know where they are and that remind their neighbors that maybe they never have spoken to before the people down the street um and it reminds me of um actually i went to octavia butler's parable of the sower opera like the weekend before like shit went down and there was a q a after with one of the um actors and she said something like oh there's always a lot of work to do where you are like where you're standing. And so I think that's really this time can, it is that call to um, slow down and just where you're rooted, where you are, we're all, the way I think of it kind of, I'm like, oh, well, we're all kind of in a way have been called to be in this time and place wherever you are. And, um, and what can we do? Um, everyone has their own um, gift or something to contribute. So how can we help each other through this. And the other thing, this whole thing made me think of is, well, you know, our activist communities and even our ancestors, it's just like, they, it's always been that um, desire to like, shut it down, like just shut shit down. And it happened. <laughs> so, you know, this is what our ancestors dreamed about, what, you know, our activist groups dreamed about, and it's here. So what can we do you know how to have that to carry that vision forward where um you know capitalism is just not going to continue forever so what can we do to you know continue healing and just to have more justice so that's my hope <laughs> i hope that is something that's the good that can come out of this crisis that's really great i'm wondering if um you know, we could do a couple of things, you know, in the next, I don't know, 15 minutes of our podcast is to like, one, maybe each of us talk about like three or four things that we feel that we're doing that's, you know, helping us survive. Um, and then I don't know, I don't know if the kids, we're all home with our kids right now. They're like probably sequestered in another room. And I'm wondering if, 
you know, we wanted to invite them on to say a few words. I don't know if they'd be willing um, just to check in, to hear their voices. So maybe do that towards the end, you know? Yeah, because they might not want to leave. <laughs> no, they won't leave. Yeah. So, so what if we, um, you know, went around and kind of talked about like a few of the things that, you know, are, are feeling good to you? Um, does anybody want to start? I can start. Uh, I'm doing that actually right now. I'm making these. Hanito has an art table that we put out here in the living room. I We've been doing more art, but it's been really hard because I find it as a chore versus something I want to do until like right now where he's with daddy in the kitchen. But honestly, um, I like I mentioned earlier, moving inside. I'm, I, I am a person that needs to move like all the time. And I learned this about myself the last three years ago when I was struggling at UCLA finishing my or writing my dissertation when I took up cycling indoor cycling um and then here I was doing OTF Orange Theory Fitness and then also Cycle Bar but that's they've been shut down right so I like doing those online um I'm coaching courses that I've talked about on Instagram and we can put that on our show notes so you can follow this mujer that's from Mexico lives in LA and is really consistent at having her online boot camps for free. So that for me has been super helpful. My 20 minute, my goal is a 20 minute walk, which is usually one mile of walking by myself or with the boys. Um, and I found a really cool Zumba link. This is probably one of the best Zumba teachers I've seen like ever. And I, I love her. She's young and she's, she offered a free course. And I really love her playlist. Um, so I did that. And I think, um, like, like Michelle mentioned, um, even though I'm feeling a little sad, which I know it's temporary, um, the Zoom meetups. But I've been doing um, Queer Oasis um, Anxiety Telegroup online. And I've done it twice this week. And it's one of my friend's. Marcos, he has his own therapy um, practice in San Fernando called Queer Oasis. And it's not a, this is not a therapy group. This is an anxiety like support group, just basically folks coming across from different places around the nation um, to just kind of check in to see how they're doing. So that's been super helpful because he's worked with young people and children and parents for a long time as well. And actually, he wants to do something with Chicana mother work as parenting um, folks. Um, he's been really helpful in terms of giving me some tips also in um, this homeschooling or just, you know, being around Hanitio. So those are some of the things I've been doing. It might change a bit again because I might get bored. I'm really tempted to order the peloton, seriously, considering it. It's a lot of money, so I don't know. I don't know if I can afford that right now. But I'll stop there. Wants to go next? Um, I guess I, I'll go. Um, so I am not super active and I, I don't think I've ever been very active, but I think I'm going to have to get started on something because I've been feeling a lot of just achiness around my body, especially my neck. I haven't been sleeping well. So I may try some of um, the suggestions that Christine gave. I know right now what I've been doing is I'm really grateful that my therapist has switched to tele telehealth or um we're meeting online now um and that's 
I mean, she's been, she's been <laughs> such a lifeline for me lately. Um, especially with just feeling sick every day. She's been so helpful. Um, and then I'm still trying to keep at least some semblance of a routine. So even like before, like I would always get up as soon as I would get up, get ready, put some makeup on, get dressed, listen to po a podcast episode while I'm getting ready. So I'm, I'm actually still doing that. I am getting up a little later because I'm feeling sicker. But once I do get up, I get ready. I'm still putting on makeup. I know it may sound ridiculous um, because I'm like, well, why, why put on makeup? You're not going anywhere. But it makes me feel like myself. And I'm listening to a podcast every morning the way I normally do. So it makes me feel like, okay, I, I, I have a routine. And then at night, I've been sleeping more. Um, I, I've been feeling restless. I've been waking up in the middle of the night just with anxiety. And the meditation apps have helped. The one that I just keep going back to, because I've tried Liberate, I've tried, what are the other ones? Calm. But I, I don't know, maybe it's just my personal preference. Stop, breathe, think. I am just, I love that app. I, I fall asleep to it basically every night. And that's been really, really helpful. I want to get back to doing yoga because, again, I've been feeling achy. I've been having some, some pain. Uh, so I think I will do. And I have been doing short walks uh, around the block just to get me, get my butt out of my home because it really helps with my mental health. If I stay home all day and I don't have some sun, it really messes with me. Um, and then I also, this is not probably good advice. But sometimes I'm so down that I need a distraction, like distraction from my physical pain or from just feeling sad. So I've been watching shows on Netflix. Uh, I, just, I just started watching, well, it's like, oh, it's number one in the US and it's gotta be good. And what show is it called? It is called All American. And oh my gosh, I don't even like football. And it's such a good show. <laughs> I'm hooked. I'm like on episode four right now. I am surprised <laughs> at this news event. Very surprised. <laughs> well, I've already watched all the other stuff that everybody's watched. I've already watched Hensified. I've already watched Nautical. So I got to try something different. <laughs> try Cheer. I watched Cheer so oh, good. Oh, no. That sounds like something I would not like. That's what I no, thought about I think All American. You... I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this, even though it's number one. And I actually like it. Um. So yeah, so those are, and then the one thing I'm doing every day with Emmy, um, ever since the videos got started is Mo Willems drawing videos. So we watch it every day together and we both try to draw. And of course he's better than me. Um, and that's been our thing. Um, he has been doing a lot of alone time, but also I try like at least to have something that we do together, whether it's drawing or coloring or he's helping me cook. But the Mo Willems has been a thing. And, I th and yesterday we added these kids yoga videos, cosmic yoga videos, and he loved them. I think I'm going to join him today because yesterday he did it by himself. So that was a recommendation from a mom on Facebook. Very good recommendation. So if you've got a kid with a lot of energy who can pay attention at a video, then they might like that cosmic yoga on YouTube. Yeah, that's me.
That's really cool. I know I've definitely increased my Netflix watching and I'm currently on season two of One Day at a Time. Have you all seen this one? Oh. I've, been mean, I've been meaning to watch it, but no, I haven't watched, watched it yet. Like I, I, When I watched the first episode a few months ago, I just couldn't get into it at the moment. Similar to Hentified, I was kind of like, roll, like, I don't know. But then, man, especially the episodes that my homegirl, Aurora Guerrero, directed, amazing. But this one, One Day at a Time, they had an episode on Quinceañeras. And of course, my daughter is going to be 15 next year. So she and I were like oh. sobbing. <laughs> Watching, you have to watch season one, please. And then let's talk about it. I also heard that there was this Chicano sci-fi series called Undone. Has anybody heard of this? What? No. Chicano family. I'm I don't know. I, uh, I think I'll it's on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, I'll have, maybe on Netflix, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link that one up. Anyway, so yes, definitely more watching because I never watch that kind of stuff. Um, and it just make, I'm, I don't have time, but you know, it's like we should make time for that in the everyday. I have been every morning, like burning some medicine in the house, you know, just to kind of like go through and cleanse the house. Um, Palo Santo, I'm getting some sage in because I, I don't have anywhere California sage, which is my plantita, you know. Um, and then my friend, I was having anxiety the other day because of some stuff and, you know, like this, but other stuff that like compounded it. And my comadre told me that um, to take baños, you know, in um, rosemary. So if we can have access to rosemary, she says there's a lot of bushes here in Arizona. Um, but the things that I've actually done is I took the Debbie Allen dance class. And if you all don't know who Debbie Allen is from oh, Face yeah. Days, Dude, that was so amazing. I wanted to cry. Like she was, I mean, like, cause I grew up watching her, you know what I mean? I wanted to be fame. I wanted to be like one of those kids in, <laughs> in New York City, like learning to dance with Debbie Allen. That was really cool, actually. Um, Nalgona Positivity Pride, she put, a Gloria put out a, um, a link um, that she made, like a playlist that's really fun to dance to. The dancing has been really good for me. Um, is the um, oh I really like following holistic psychologists. Um, she yes. yeah she's, she's good yeah she's been really instrumental to a lot of because I've already was doing a lot of healing work you know before all this I was finally at the point in my life where I could really focus on on healing a lot of trauma wounds and um, so just to kind of keep with that line and. Um, in in finding her work and all her lessons it's been really really good for me so and I also like following young pueblo like I like his his posts too so they're like affirming and positive yeah there's so much I feel I really just love how on social media there's just people are just offering you know whatever they have and um just to feel connected in that way um I think is it's just going to be so important for the next few weeks, months, however long we can't be near each other <laughs> physically. Um, so then some things that I've done, um, well, I try to take a walk with Alan to to Hollenbeck Park um, almost every day. So I'm in Boyle Heights and it's like a, a block away. And um, we just look at the water on the lake, kind of the surface of the water. So I like looking at that kind of, um, as a mindfulness practice and then um we're seeing a bunch of little baby ducks so there's it and I'm like oh it's spring like you know the world feels like 
it's falling apart, but life is continuing. So it's, and they're so cute. <laughs> they're like, they look so fluffy. And um, so we just walk around the lake there. And um, I always tell Alan Cecil to thank the trees there, to thank them for the oxygen. And um, they have a lot of um, wisdom and intelligence. They're there. Um, and um, the playground actually just when we went today earlier, um, they are, it's already blocked off with like caution tape, you know, because that's how serious it is where they don't even want any kids to go to uh, play together even. So, um, so that was kind of sad, but there's a lot of other things we can do. Just even taking a walk is just very healing. Um, so the other thing I've been doing also is just getting out of the house early because um, LAUSD give, is giving um, free food to um, kids uh, under 18. And they have a location just across the street at Hollenbeck Middle School. So me and I'll do the walk over there. And I think that's also a good routine. Um, and then um, I've also been doing $5 um, and donation-based yoga with one of my, um, I really like her as an instructor, Alex um, Rodriguez uh, uh, Yoga. And she's just really amazing. So. I know there's a whole bunch of like free yoga videos online, but then it's just like, Oh, like just knowing someone or even like the IG lives, like that there's a person talking to you in real time. <laughs> I'm like, that just is really helpful to me. Um, and also I'm continuing my therapy online. Um, and I guess the kind of the other thing is um, I, I'm planning to do women of color writing workshops. And I just had my first one the other day. And it was just so healing um, to keep cultivating our stories and what we're doing and still creating. Um, and we can still do that together. So, you know, it's just my passion. So um, I'm really happy with um, how that turned out. And, um, and I'm planning to do um, a lot more of those. Um, and then I guess the last thing is thinking about. Um, the work of Adrienne Marie Brown and how she talks about her book on pleasure activism and how can we still find joy and laughter and like happiness even in these times. Um, so, you know, trying to practice that in, you know, even just small ways. Um, so those are the things that I've been, been working on and doing so far. And taking our vitamins. I see that you all are taking vitamins right now. That's so important. Very vitamins. Take your vitamins. OSHA. I'm trying to go buy some OSHA root because you know I have asthma, and so that's kind of been my one of my big anxieties about all of this. Um, but you know, just trying to be positive about it. Should we call our kid? Well, you got your kid there. Let me see if Milagro will come. Got Emmy here, ready to be on the pod. But they want to know what you guys are doing. Playing a video game. Bye. <laughs> that was Playing funny. video game? Yeah, came in good point. Fox, you don't want to come and say something else? No. And, oh, W. Now? No, now. And here's my doggy and my baby. Hi, Milagro. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so this is, okay. Everybody say hi. What's your name? Emmy. Alonso, there. I'm like, I'm like, this is how homeschool is going. <laughs> Do you want to say anything? Homeschool is great then. <laughs> homeschool is great. How's homeschooling, Emmy? 
we haven't really been doing <laughs> what have you been doing watching watching what clone wars clone wars the new one yeah star wars <laughs> it's saving my butt right now <laughs> big time milagro what have you been doing what do teenagers do during the time of uh coronavirus sleep sleep <laughs> that's, a, that's a good plan money too fight i have not money for so how is homeschool going horrible horrible Get out of <laughs> <laughs> <wants> to go <laughs> okay well i guess we could wrap up um ah! <laughs> Yeah, we should wrap up. Yeah, so that's what's been going on. They'll tell the truth. Can you say bye? Bye. Okay, bye. 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 All right, so I guess that's everything. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have any comments, suggestions, other resources for parents or just for our own, like, mental, spiritual, physical health, shoot us an email. Um, we will respond and we can read some of those things out on the podcast next time. All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Okay. Bye. I just want to um, dedicate this podcast to Jeff Juris, who I was supposed to be flying out yesterday to visit him in Boston. He's in hospice care. And we were hired together at ASU and was instrumental in a lot of ways in my, in my formation um, and just sending all, and I can't go now, so it's been really devastating, but sending all of our energy and healing to Carla, Sebastian, and Jeff in this moment. Thank you. Please don't forget to follow us on social media at Chicana Motherwork on Instagram and Facebook and at Chicana Mothers on Twitter. And please rate our podcast so people like you can find us. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We want to thank Dr. Marta Gonzalez for giving us permission to use the music of Entre Mujeres Sirena for our intro, and Vagabundo from Quetzal for our outro. To purchase our book, you can order it through the University of Arizona Press, and you can find the link on our website at chicanamotherwork.com. If you want to book us for events, email us at chicanamotherwork at gmail.com or for any other questions or to engage with us. We look forward to hearing from you.